You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Hello, hello. Mason Stiver. Good to be back. And Jeff Smith, special guest. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome. And Jesse Gray will be here shortly. Uh, Today's special guest segment brought to you by SimLab Racing Simulator Products. SimLab provides quality sim racing chassis to suit your sim racing needs. Check them out at sim-lab.eu. All right, uh, Jeff Smith, thanks for coming on. Uh, Let's get to know you a little bit about you as an iRacer. Uh, When did you first hear about iRacing, and how did you first hear about it? Yeah, it must have been somewhere around 2010. Uh, On YouTube is where I found it. Uh, Of course, I was console racing at that time, you know, playing Xbox and NASCAR games. Uh, Having a lot of fun with that, but it it was to be desired, and I knew there was more out there. And when I first heard about iRacing, I was just fascinated with it. Um, I knew immediately that I wanted to do it. Of course, it took me four years from that point to actually get on the service, uh, a lot of it was, you know, financial reasonings. Uh, some of it was just me kind of being stubborn and, and wanting good equipment before I jumped on. I probably could have got in a lot sooner if I would have just, uh, you know, did the desk thing with a G27 and a laptop or something. But I kind of went all, all out before uh, before even getting started and, and got myself a rig and, and the whole nine yards. Yeah, people get caught up in that pretty quick. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your your setup. I mean, is it? your hardware your wheels your pedals your uh how many monitors are you on vr sure i run three 27 inch uh monitors i've never had vr i've actually never even tried it i'm interested to try it one day and and maybe you would switch to it i think the idea of being able to turn your head and see an apex and that is pretty neat um i'm happy with the triples though don't get me wrong it's it's amazing uh i got a sim seats srx rig the guys at SimSeats are awesome. Uh, really is a nice piece of equipment. Uh, let's see here. I started with a G27 wheel and pedals, and I used that close to five years until just this year I upgraded to a AccuForce V2 and and uh, Fanatic Elite load cell pedals. So pretty big jump up from the G27. And uh, let's see here, a TH8RS shifter, uh, DSD button box. That's pretty much it. That is a nice setup. That rig is uh, Sim Seats is uh, is uh, one of the good ones. It is, man, and their customer services. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not sponsored by them. I I can't speak for them at all. But their service is absolutely amazing. Um, I like to race where the wheel's really close to me. I know a lot of guys don't like that, but I do. I like to have the wheel close to my chest. And to do that, I wasn't really able to set this this rig up to have my legs extended enough and have the wheel close to me and I, I kind of told them about it and they went out and fabricated extensions for the legs and sent them out to me no cost immediately so I mean that just goes to show uh, their customer service and and how they operate very cool okay so let's talk let's switch gears and talk about your league uh, it's called the sim possible racing league and uh, you guys are a league of Physically challenged drivers is my understanding. So tell us about that and uh, and about the people that make up this group. 
Yeah, Sim Possible Racing League is a, a league designed and dedicated to iRacers with uh, a disability. Um, I could I could tell you the whole story of how it started. It's it's kind of a long story, but it's pretty interesting. Uh, if you're interested in hearing that, let me know. Yeah. All right. So, I was a member and admin of Go Fast Racing League for you know close to three years. Uh, became an admin the second year and. Actually, ownership was handed over to me earlier this year. Since then, we had to shut the league down, unfortunately. But anyways, uh, being an admin of that league, I kind of did a lot with helping with recruiting members of the league. So anytime I seen someone on Facebook or forums or anything that was looking for a league to run, I would I would give a, a shout out. You know, come come join us. We're we're accepting new drivers. We don't really have a you know a whole lot that you have to to have to to sign up. We don't have like an I rating minimum or anything like that and one of the posts i seen was uh nate Catilla. he posted who uh now i'm very good friends with he posted that he was looking for a league to run and i became friends with him and told him to come out and race and then he he was telling me you know i, I have a disability i hope that's not a problem and i said absolutely not no come race with us well to make a really long story shorter he he didn't fit well in the go fast racing league uh some things happened and it just didn't work out for him. And, you know, I told the owner, Hey, I brought him in. Let me, let me tell him that it's not, it's not working out, whatever. I, it, it was a heartbreaker. I hated to do it. I really did. It was the worst thing ever, but it was the best thing that ever happened to us because by that happening and him not really fitting into that league, that's what created some possible. Okay. I told, I told Nate, you know, he was, he was so bummed out, right? Cause he was having a lot of fun. We kind of brought him into my team so he could feel comfortable racing in that league, and he was having a great time. So he was definitely bummed about the whole situation. And I said, you know what, I'm going to find somewhere for you to run, and you know maybe something that you'll feel more comfortable running running in, so you don't worry about nothing. And I looked and looked and looked, and I could not find a league that a league like we were thinking. Um, so I, that night I told him, you know what, dude, I'll just create one. <laughs> Looking back at it, it's kind of crazy that I, out of the blue, I just said, "Hey, I'll I'll just create it," and that was the start of some possible racing league. Um, and since then, we've gotten 30 drivers, and you know, every driver in this league has a form of disability that ranges in severity, but um, ultimately, everyone does have a disability, and it's an amazing thing what we've been able to do with it. Yeah, that is a neat story, um, and a lot of people don't realize that people with disabilities can actually race on iRacing. And, uh, uh, you know, I know a guy who who's disabled and runs on a controller because of it, and he's fast, and he's really fast and uh, runs well. Tell us about some of the skills over there uh, with some of the disabilities and, and some of the challenges with the hardware. Oh, man, our guys are quick. We have some fast drivers. Um, I personally don't have a disability myself. Uh, I've been a caretaker for my father. He was injured in 2009. Uh, it was a pretty devastating accident. Um, it kind of deemed him bedridden and he needed 24-7 care. So I quit work and, and helped caretake for him. This is way before some possible. So I, I know what it's like to live with a disability in the family and, and how it affects everyone. You know, my father was pretty much my best friend from, you know, going out and watching NASCAR races together and throwing football around, whatever. That that stuff all just ended in the, in the blink of an eye. So it was definitely a struggle for our family to deal with that. And I completely understand what it's like to live, to live with a disability, you know, um, looking through his eyes and what he's been through. Um, I'm sorry, I kind of got off topic there. The 
guys in our league are super fast. They really are. I can go in there and, and we do fun races so I can race with them sometimes. I can't race in the league with them um, because I, I do not have a disability, and that is a requirement of being in our league. But when I do get to race with them, it's not it's not easy. <laughs> They're very quick. As far as the hardware, there's a lot of different things uh, that a lot of the drivers use to help them out with their with their uh, stuff that they have going on. Uh, hand controls is really the biggest thing. You know, so a lot of them have uh, SimAbility wheels, which uh, Glenn Sidman with SimAbility makes some awesome equipment um, to where you don't need pedals if you can't necessarily use your legs. If you can use your arms, and they have a ring system, paddle systems. They get all kinds of stuff for that. Uh, 3D Wrap is a company out of Italy that donated us uh, some hand controls to donate to one of the drivers. A lot of different types of equipment to be used, um, and also kind of not a lot of equipment. There, there's definitely more to be desired out there for certain uh, disabilities. But right now, the main thing that I see is the hand controls that help out. Yeah, we've talked about sim ability before. They have that really cool wheel with the rims that go around. There's two rims, and one's a brake, and one's a, uh, you know, the throttle. And uh, you can drive the whole thing just with your hands. It's pretty cool. Yeah, Glenn's a great guy. He really is. I, I do get to talk to him back and forth here and there, and we get to share ideas with each other. And he's been a great help just, uh, just being involved with everything. Um, yeah, he's a great guy. I definitely recommend their stuff if, if you do need uh help with that kind of thing and you need an adaptive wheel then SimAbility is the place to go they are the they're the Ferraris of of, uh, hand controls man okay and if one of our listeners has a disability and wants to join the group uh, and get involved what do they do yeah they go to simpossibleracing.com and on the bottom of that website there's a sign-up sheet it just asks a few questions like uh, what's your preferred drivers or preferred car numbers I think there's three options and what is your disability, uh, your email address, kind of the basic sign-up form stuff, except for, you know, the disability part, of course. And uh, once they sign up through there, I get that email immediately. And if everything pans out, then you get a league request right away, and you could join us on the track that day if I get it early enough. Uh, we race Mondays and Wednesdays. So, yeah, even if I get it an hour before the race, you can join us. All right, very good. I'll check that out. Uh, let's let's go back to what you're doing. What do you race uh, when you're not managing this league? I used to race a lot. Uh, of course, all of my racing has been 99.9% either leagues or hosted. Uh, I have nothing against official racing. I just tend to have more fun in leagues. Um, I do have a team, Metalhead Motorsports. I've got to thank those guys for putting up with me not being there. Uh, the last the, This last year was impossible. I've kind of put everything else on hold and operated this league and kind of put all my efforts into making sure that the guys are taken care of and get the things that they they deserve in this league. And I kind of put my racing on the back burner. So right now, I'm, I'm currently not really running a whole lot of anything. Um, I look forward to being able to race again soon and, and be on a, a good schedule of racing again. But uh, at the moment, I'm really dedicating my time into some possible to help those guys out. Okay. Yeah, looking at your uh, career win stats in official, which you don't have a lot, but not too bad. 4.2% on oval for winning percentage, and road was 7.3. So next, uh, tell us, what was your most memorable iRacing moment? Yeah, I definitely have a few that come to mind, but if I had to pick one, it's probably my first league win. When I joined the Go Fast Racing League, uh, I, I joined like halfway through the season is my first league that I ever ran in. So, of course, I was nervous, didn't really understand how that all worked out. And uh, my second week of joining the league, I won the Daytona race, the 4th of July week uh, Daytona race. 
And what was most important about that wasn't necessarily the winning of it, but the guy that pushed me to that win, um, I got to meet him and we created Metalhead Motorsports. So we created a team from that night. And yeah, so we got to meet other drivers in our team and, and kind of build off of that night. So that's definitely the one that sticks out most to me. That and probably winning a, a truck championship in that league, that's pretty cool too. But yeah, that that night with uh, Dylan Vos pushing me and us creating Metalhead Motorsports, that definitely sticks out. Yeah, there's always a fork in the road where something starts, and and that is memorable. Now, we saw a post recently here about your uh, Daytona 500 uh, special event coming up. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm extremely excited about that. We're going to run a full Daytona 500 event, 500 miles, September 14th. It's on a Saturday. It's going to be at 12 p.m. Eastern. Um, can have some uh obviously all this impossible guys hopefully will be there racing uh we got some streamers joining us so they can stream the deal and kind of share the word or spread the word out there um we're looking we have a bunch of cool prizes a lot of people donated prizes for us to give away and instead of doing a buy-in or having the drivers pay in for whatever to try to win the prizes uh it's going to be free entry and we're hoping to raise money through viewers and donations so hopefully we can raise money for the racers in our league, for this Impossible Racing League, to get them the things that they need. We help out a lot with a lot of different things, with uh, content, buying guys tracks and cars, uh, you know, you name it, we've helped out with it. And, and we want to be able to have money in that account so we can continue to do it, let alone the hosting. Um, every single penny that gets donated to, to us stays in that account, and it's for the drivers. So it's, it's untouched by anything other than what they need, and hopefully we'll be able to raise a lot of money for that event. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sounds like an interesting deal. Uh, 500 miles. Wow. Yeah, we're facing that this week with the Bristol race, and uh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's a long race, man. It's definitely a long race. Uh, I think it's great, though. It's going to give us time during the broadcast. By the way, it is going to be broadcast by 3Wide TV. Shout out to 3Wide TV for being there to broadcast every single one of the Impossible races. I think there's 62 up on YouTube right now, so... Pretty cool. Those guys at 3YTV has been there since day one, and they've helped out greatly. And they're going to be broadcasting that race, too, September 14th. So uh, being a 500-mile event, it's definitely going to give us enough time to play commercials for the sponsors, to potentially gain sponsors, to gain donations, to be able to talk about the league, that kind of thing. So definitely looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And I'll have to check out the broadcast because I'd love to see these guys race. Like I said, I know they're a competitive group. Uh, uh, you know, to get, uh, to have the tenacity to overcome the disability so you can race competitively and on iRacing, uh, that is a, a feat in itself. Uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of proud of all these guys that are in your league. Oh, absolutely, man. And yeah, I mean, I even have numbers of their progression since racing in the league. The guys have just gotten better and better. They really have. They can kind of they can kind of let loose and not worry about anything. Our whole deal with Impossible is creating an environment for them to race with no hostility or judgment. And by doing that, they don't they don't have to worry about their disability in, in their racing. They can just go out and have fun and in turn get better and better at what they do and get faster and have a better time at doing it. Um, it's just It's been a great thing. It really has. Uh, our cautions are down. We've had three caution-free races, and we don't do short races. These guys are running over 200 miles, so um, yeah, to have caution-free races in a league like this too, it's it's pretty pretty outstanding. 
All right. Well, Jeff Schmidt, thank you for coming on the podcast and telling us about Sim Possible. Uh, listeners, if you want to get involved, uh, hit up the website at simpossible.com. All right, let's jump into the news. Uh, but first, let's tell, tell you that iRacers Lounge Podcast is the title partner of the Oval Series over at Podium Esports. So check them out. Uh, let's talk a quick peak update. Uh, during the off week here, we heard uh, bad news. Uh, condolences to Michael Conti uh, for the loss of his mother. Uh, apparently uh, contracted some kind of cancer and, uh, and has some come to, those, uh, to that situation. So, uh, Mike, be strong out there. We're thinking about you. All right, let's uh, jump to World of Outlaws. We had the Williams Grove. And what a race this was, uh, especially at the end, guys. Uh, I was entertained. Uh, they actually, iRacing put up a YouTube video of the last few laps uh, where it was a three-way battle. And, uh, boy, these guys, Kevin Dedman and Alex Bergeron, and, uh, man, they were just tearing it up. And, and Alex actually won the race, but on the bottom for, uh, for once. We usually see this guy only on the top. But uh, he was getting it done around the bottom at the end and uh, was able to help hold him off for the win. Yeah, uh, Williams Grove is my quote-unquote local track because it's a little farther away, but it's the Pennsylvania dirt track. And, uh, boy, it's tight. It's tight there. You get maybe three wide on the straights if you're lucky and sometimes three wide in the corner if you're lucky too. But uh, those guardrails will suck you in. Um, they had such a battle with Alex Bergeron and, and uh, Kevin Dedman at the end of the race. I wasn't sure who was going to win. And it was that also was uh, the Blake Majolis is his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three of them were just tearing it up. But like you said, it's really tight, and they were three wide for the for the lead for several laps. Uh, I mean, it was just crazy. Uh, and there was some contact and moving people a little bit up and out of the way, and... Uh, I think that's actually why Alex ended up on the bottom is because uh, both Blake and Kevin were making a little contact and went up the track. Yeah, I mean, boy, I'll tell you, this is a hard track to drive. I don't envy any of them for, for having to race that close there. And these guys are good. I don't know if you guys have run this these kind of cars, but to get it down on the bottom like that where that nose is just right on the edge of tearing into that uh, inner fence, I mean, these guys are giving it just inches. Yeah, but that was that was a fun one to watch. It was. I actually put that up on the big screen and had a beer, and it was a good show. I've been enjoying doing that. All right, Mason, tell us about uh, what's up with Porsche's Super Cup. Well, before we move on, I just want to say that Kendall Tucker is in the points league, but only by six points over Alex Bergeron. Um, and I think they only have one or two races left, so they're winding down that season. Yeah, So, and this is the first repeat winner, too. Right. So, okay, anyway, Porsche Esports Super Cup. Um, while they are indeed off until September 14th, there was a uh, Nürburgring remix video that came a little late, but the production quality made up for how late it was. Um, you get to see, I believe it was uh, Sebastian Job, maybe. I'm not sure which driver went off turn one, but uh, he went straight in the corner and, and kept going straight instead of turning. <laughs> <laughs> Some very good shots of in-cars, some very good shots up close to tires, just fantastic quality showing off all the things that iRacing has been working on. Yeah. 
And, you know, you get kind of the slow motion of the guy spinning off and it kind of an artsy look to it. I love the remix. Oh, yeah. The heat haze from the exhaust. Yeah, it is uh, kind of fun to watch. All right, Jesse, what do we got for Ignite, Ignite series? Playoff time. Last week, uh, they went to Richmond. Parker Resloff wins the first Ignite series race in the Modifieds at Richmond by 0.8 seconds over Hunter Johnson. Parker is a Canon East driver. Regular season winner Aaron Mulrooney Jr. finished sixth. And this week, today, they are at Bristol. Um, this is the second of four races in the playoffs. Now, I want to take a sec. I don't want to call out iRacing by any means, but just we've talked about it before, how good this series, you know, can create good, you know, it, we have current peak drivers that have came from here. Um, this is your your first opportunity to kind of see them on the, on the coming up through the ranks. Uh, Mason sent me a link earlier uh, to the point standings, and there is literally nothing, not even a name, not a point standings, absolutely nothing. So I'd, I really would like to see them do something um to you know kind of give us an update on how everything's working and to be able to follow you know it'd be nice to look at a couple of these names watch them come up through these ranks and then you know next you know we see them in the peak next year yeah i was just looking on the e-nascar page i was checking out the peak standings and uh, they have a tab for nascar ignite series and it's blank so it's coming soon <laughs> So, well, I mean, it could be an issue with, with age, maybe, trying to get the releases from parents. But, you know, if, if you want to be in that series, I'm sure there's something you got to sign. Yeah, and it could be, uh, you know, there's just not enough staff to get it done. Uh, they are hiring. We're going to be talking about that later. Let's keep moving, Jesse. Uh, night fixed set update for Darlington. Yeah, iRacing has posted out a... Uh... Staff member Tyler Hudson has posted that there's going to be an update for the Class A Fixed and the NIS Fixed series this coming week in Darlington. So that's just a heads up to everybody else. Uh, he's got it, the file downloaded there. I don't know when they're going to update it as far as in SIM, so you don't have to download that. There's no details on that part, but definitely grab that if you want to start logging laps. Yeah, I'm sure it's real tight. <laughs> uh, <sighs> David, what's your preferred solution for paved runoffs? So this is a poll that was thrown up on the forums that brings up a different, an interesting discussion that was probably really prompted from the 1X issues with SPA. And what you run into that puts iRacing in an interesting spot is that it depends on the series that you're running. If you're running at Watkins Glen and it's the cup cars, because of how heavy the cup cars are and just the nature of cup racing in general, they let you run they let you run way off the track, especially coming, especially going into turn one. They they take it all the way out to the right as long as they get back in in time before you get the grass. Uh, you do that, but there are other series where they will penalize you for that. Uh, we get one X's all over the place at Spa, and yet I remember seeing an IMSA video with the three wide, and that guy completely cuts Eau Rouge. So um, it's an interesting conundrum that they have on on having to decide where to put the, the off tracks and not. Or, or how to handle it, and it, it, it brings up a good discussion that we could, could have. Uh, kind of like a realism discussion. Are they able to mimic that F1 series at Spa has different runoffs than the IMSA series? Yeah, depending on what kind of cars on track, so to speak. <laughs> I'm sure that's a little more advanced than what they got. They may probably have it set just for the track, but it'll be interesting to see if they can get down that road. Yeah, looking at the votes, the winner of the poll is drive-through for repeat abuse. So a lot of people are voting, 
hey, forget about the One X. Let's have a drive-through if you get so many in a row or something. Which, you know, I mean, do they do that in real life? I mean, if you have some kind of weird penalty, they give you a drive-through? Or they just take the time off the end. Like uh, the... 10-second penalty. Thing. Yeah, the, that was the Verstappen and whoever else is going to win the F1 race. Yeah. That's okay. Leave it, leave it as it is, is what I say. All right, I mean, however Mason. you set it up, I'm sorry, however you set it up, it, it's, it's the same rules for everybody. Right. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if somebody's, it's, it's just hard to say, but as long as everybody has the same rules, you're still competing on a, on a level playing field. All right. And then the big story of the week, I think, is this new YouTube video with the damage model. Mason. Yeah, these are some leaks planned by our racing of the uh, new damage model. Um, we have tires flying off cars now. Uh, so some cool music in the background while it's happening. Um, they got some of the formula cars running over each other, wings flying off, uh, slamming into the walls. They got the Corvette um, flying off the Skippy, flying off track. They show the new Audi TCR car that's coming soon. Um, flying into the wall but this looks really cool i'm excited oh i just watched the 4 gt destroy the wall and it just got bumpers flying everywhere <laughs> yeah it's it really looks realistic uh when you look at it and with the body parts just going everywhere and and they're like the guy's wing fell off and then he dropped he went up and over the wing and uh you know it obviously became a uh, you know something in his way and he had to go up and over it, it was it's, it's very interesting it looks very realistic and you want to add to the other ways you can get unlucky on the track and get <laughs> caught up in somebody else's mess uh there you go now you can run over other people's debris has that been confirmed that was actually just on my mind right now well you can see the, the car go up and over it that's awesome so can you imagine on an oval, you're, you're on Dover, and you come around the backstretch, and it's littered with debris, and you, you cut a tire or whatever? <laughs> I can't imagine how much fun they had making this video. What do you think they said? Just go out and wreck? I'm going to need you, Tyler, to uh, just run it in that corner, and I'll destroy you. He gets paid to, to, to wreck cars. That's pretty cool. <laughs> but it is a work in progress. Remember that. It is not confirmed for any season four build it's just coming soon and we have a nice little picture here from one of the forum posts i found of a clock with i racing in the middle the i racing logo and all that at uh noon at six at three and at nine it has the word soon so it's half past noon o'clock for this yeah all right uh and then the new jesse uh new lighting effects was also yeah. pointed out yeah, it uh, looks like, where am I at? Oh, yeah, it looks like uh, there, basically there's a picture where in the corner, I don't, I'm not familiar on the roadside as far as what track this is by any means, but uh, there's quite the bright asphalt. The best way to describe it is the sun is hitting, it's not, doesn't look like heat haze in the past. It flat out, you need sunglasses looking it's like into a reflection. this corner. It's awesome. It's just flat out beautiful it looks so realistic the even looking up into the sun itself uh the trees bleeding through that sun i mean it's it that's a pretty picture right there i'm excited for that and it is uh tony gardner who posted that up so you know it's probably going to happen sometime soon o'clock 
he said it. Now he says lighting improvements and new bloom effects should be in the next quarter build. And so really bright sun and uh, makes it look realistic. It was interesting. One of the other comments there said, uh, will iRacing be allowing us to have a, a visor with like the dark visor? Hmm. That'd be kind of cool. Okay, let's keep moving. Also this week, uh, big uh, announcements about the roadside season four schedule changes. And this is kind of unexpected. Uh, I didn't think we knew something like this was going to happen, but with the addition of the TCR car, uh, they want to give us a heads up that they can't keep adding new series every time they get cars. And so they're going to make some changes. And so I'm not going to read off the specific changes at this moment, but they made a bunch of them. Okay. Um, and then what happened was after that, the, you know, of course, they got feedback, as you would say, from the community about what they thought about some of the changes. Um, and at some point, we had a, a, a iRacing staff member basically say, hey, guys, uh, we're not asking for input. This isn't a negotiation. It is what it is, and this is how it is. And we've already made our minds up and, and live with it, so to speak. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but then after all that, we got, I think it was like two days later, we ended up with an addendum to the changes. And so, uh, that addendum basically took the feedback into, into, you know, consideration and they made a few different tweaks. And so I'll read what ends up being the final, uh, changes to the season four, 2019 road, ch uh, schedule, uh, sim lab production car challenge. Uh, the overview is removing the old MX-5 and in introducing the Jetta and Mustang for four-class, multi-class racing. Um, same time slot, etc., etc. The Grand Touring Cup Series is removed. The Fanatec Global Challenge. This series remains unchanged from its current state and will only race the Cadillac and Kia as it runs now. Then Pro 2 Light Truck Championship will be every half hour on the 15 and 45 uh, with a rookie uh, dirt road license uh, set up fixed. Uh, the new truck. Could, yeah, how about that? And, you know, I can't drive the Pro 2, so I might be able to drive this. Why? It's 60% on horsepower of what the Pro 2 is. But 100% fun. <laughs> and it has rallycross tracks in it, too. Not just the two back and forth. Oh. I wonder if this is going to kill the Pro 2 series, though. Is it existent as it is? Well, to a degree. There's a few people that run it on a regular basis. It depends on what you want fixed or open, I guess. And so they'll have the Pro 4 series uh, unchanged, the Pro 2. Then we have the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. Uh, open setups, rolling starts. Uh, it's going to introduce the all-new Audi TCR car. There's a schedule here. I'm not going to read the schedule. Yeah, that's great. They got a sponsor for that series. Oh, Michelin Pilot. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't have to take away a car to add the Audi. Okay. How did that work? David, you got this one? 
well, I mean, that's what they tested back when they went up to seven with when they added the BMW, right? So maybe they're just stretching it to eight now once they once they've got that uh, infrastructure in place. It's not clear. Yeah, it doesn't say they're removing a, a car. Then the Formula Sprint fixed, uh, which is formerly the Formula Fun series. Boy, that's a tongue twister. Look at all the Fs there. So that's going to be a, a rookie uh, 4.0 or higher. Setup has changed to high down forces. Races are every hour and official, and they use free tracks for at least the first season. It's the uh, open-wheel version of the Ferrari GT3 series with 10-minute races instead of 15 to allow racers to jump between the two series. And then Cut is the Industria Farton Fun series and the Grand Touring Cup series, which has been combined with the Sim Lab Production Car Challenge. All right, that's a lot. Um, I'm, I'm glad they listened to people about the Formula, Formula Fun series changing the setup to high downforce because people were like why would you have a high downforce car that's not set to high downforce um and it's official so i'm i'm curious to see how that'll play into it um and going back to the imsa michelin pilot challenge i wonder if that's different than the regular imsa series if it's just like a separate challenge series with just the audi car that's what it sounds like to me yeah, another tidbit Greg West posted, uh, we're working on some additional dirt truck tracks, but they are a ways out. Just wanted to let you guys know that we hadn't forgotten about them. So that's great news because we, we definitely need more tracks than the two. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Um, one thing, yeah. Jesse, you can talk about this. We've been running the SimLab Production Car Challenge Series, and that's been a blast. Oh, yeah. I, uh, looking down at my cheat sheet, because I've been tallying, I officially have 15 in a week now. Week and a, uh, technically a week. I committed to this uh, this time last week, I want to say, and I uh, got a win earlier uh, The uh, this week. The USA has been a blast, to say the least. Um, but on top of that, like uh, Mason pointed out right off the get-go, was the headlights. And it looks cool, like in TV mode or whatever, you know, on the replay. But it looks even crazier in race when you have headlights all over the place behind you. It's just so, like, I'm not a road guy, so I don't see headlights that often, much less on an oval track. Um, but it's been just a blast. I, uh, like I say, I got that one win. Um, I just want to win the rig. They can have the win. Uh -huh. Yeah, we're, we're rooting for you there. And speaking of adding tracks for the for the trucks, uh, I think we threw this suggestion out before uh, a lot of the the stadium trucks they run asphalt tracks and just add jumps to them uh so they can do that with just about any of the rallycross tracks yeah. Yeah, i just gotta jump over the scissor lift at charlotte right yeah now some some people do that even in the even on the regular rubble <laughs> and one uh two final things sorry mike um the fanatec global challenge is uh it was interesting reading through some of the posts here they're saying they really wanted to keep that fanatec sponsorship so they they try to work in a way to get it to sponsor a different series or change the cars in it, but they're keeping it as it is. And in other posts, they also mentioned that they're going to make the uh, Kia a free car. I don't know if that's still happening or not, or if it already is a free car, but uh, I don't drive it. <laughs> the Kia. Yeah, that, I heard that too. Yeah, that one's going to be free. So yeah, a bunch of changes on the roadside. Doesn't affect me much. All right. 
Let's keep moving. David, the VRS GT Endurance Championship has been decided. Yep, yeah, uh, the Coanda Sim Sport team of Josh Rogers, Ricardo Castroleto, and Martin Kronke. Uh, he's the guy who does the setups on VRS. Uh, they've locked up the lion's share of the t of the $25,000 prize as we're coming as we came to the penultimate round of the VRS GTI Racing World Championship. They, the three of them have swept the competition so far. Uh, they've won all five events. And it looks like Josh Rogers has pretty well got the, a nice, solid lead. He's got 500 points, and Ricardo's 100 points behind at 400 with, with the Zhang at 380. Um, so I don't know why. I guess Kronke's won an event, but he's not quite so high up on the, on the standings. Uh, I remember I was talking about how early in the season it looked like Josh already had it wrapped up, and then things started to turn sour for him a while. Uh, but it looks like he righted the ship and is doing pretty well. Yep. So that's the uh, the team racing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, endurance team racing, yes. All right. And Mason, let's talk about Michael Gariglia's track day. Yeah, Michael Gariglia, he was a guest on our show uh, a couple weeks back here. He uh, was at Charlotte Motor Speedway and had a blast at the Rusty Wallace driving experience. Um, he was in an old Martin Truex or a Kurt Busch, one of those two guys who ever drove the 78 when it was a Chevy, I believe, um, car there. And uh, he had a blast wheeling around Charlotte. So he said the crew literally changed the tires when I got out because he drove the wheels off of it. Nice. What an opportunity to get to do overlaps at Charlotte. I've done that at uh, Memphis. It was quite fun. I was planning on doing the Formula One or the Formula Experience at, up at Gateway, but a fundraising opportunity came from my band, so I'm having to pass that up. Okay. Jesse, we got an update about Bristol NIS this week. Yeah, NIS Open and Fixed both got an uh, increase in the cap to 44. As uh, in case anybody's not aware, we're doing the full-length Bristol NIS this week. Ouch. I uh, I learned of this in the middle of a beef fix last night, and uh, I had some choice words that I can't repeat because I was not looking forward to it. I was also sitting in a hour and ten minute, eighty lap beef fixed room, so I didn't want to see those guys stay in there any longer. Um, but after my race last night and eighteen incidents on the very last lap, I want to thank iRacing a lot for uh, saving me a lot of money and rage quitting and probably throwing my computer out the window if I spend three and a half hours to get DQ'd on the last lap. So my opinion has changed, and I am now a fan. Yeah, it's a good move with that long a race and the way that race plays out. You know, I uh, I really noticed it with Bill. Uh, I ran with Bill Hole in mine, and he went. At one point, we were running fifth and sixth, tenth ish, top ten the whole time, and it was really cool. It felt obviously like a real race because it was lengthwise. But he had a incident where he. I don't remember now what he did wrong. I want to say he pitted on the wrong end, got a closed pit exit. I don't remember. Somehow he got caught up in a mess and he went as far as three laps down and still got back up into the top 10 with me all, all within 150 laps. Um, and honestly, I didn't see anybody that was just causing mayhem that didn't just destroy their car and have to leave. Anyways, it was there was nobody that was truly in need of getting kicked in my opinion. So after experiencing it, I, I kind of like it. So you went about three hours, 40 minutes by my clock, I think. Yeah, I, I just don't want to tell myself how long it is at this point. <laughs> how many cautions is that, Jesse? 
I haven't noted in my uh, deal at the end, but it I was heard somebody say 28. In 28 cautions for 140 laps. Yeah, so Mason David... is Mason is a huge Bristol fan. I think they had to pit the pace car and fuel it. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Electron, what is it? Electron is the backbone that the beta UI is built on. It basically describes uh, a way to um, code software or write applications, um, programming language, so to speak. And uh, anyway, out in the IT world, it's been noted by Ars Technica that uh, Electron can be easily backdoored to get info from archi archived files. And there was an article up at ArsTechnica.com about this. Um, and there's a lot of apps that are built with Electron, like Skype and Slack and WhatsApp are all Electron-based apps. And um, In fact, Electron is what I use to float my overlays in VR so that I can see them uh, from some racing apps. So... The, the issue t technically has to do with files that are basically not encrypted. Um, and the article goes on to explain it's actually not a bug. It's actually de as designed. That's how they designed it. But uh, we did hear from iRacing about this after some of the members uh, put up concerns. Uh, Nate DeSalms from iRacing um, says that iRacing installs to the program files or where you tell it that it should be, which is protected from modification by non-admin users, which is a Windows 10 thing. So uh, that's one reason not to be concerned. Um, he also said the user would need to have a malicious app already on your system, um, and the user would need to be running as an admin and have UAC turned completely off. And so... Um, they do remind you, uh, if you have any security concerns about anything in iRacing, you can email them at infosec at iRacing.com. So what do you guys think of this? I didn't know what was the background was, but it was interesting to see that there are some common apps out there that use this. Uh, it's not something that's, uh, you know, new. Yeah, uh, sim racing apps, I think, uses this, right, David? Uh, it Particularly if you're, yes, it does, particularly if you want to be able to float it in, say, like, uh, the VR. It, when I when I pull the apps off of, I use the experiment with Oculus Rift S setting, and I'm able to actually have floating apps inside my VR view that kind of stay in place. So I can see my fuel window and some and some other information that, that I need that otherwise wouldn't show up in the VR screen. Yeah, I mean, I'm not exceptionally concerned because I have everything set to admin only. So if if you uncheck or check the box that says local connections allowed, that's where you get into trouble. So just don't let your computer be open to the whole World Wide Web. And you should have UAC turned on so that, that little yes-no window pops up whenever you try to install. That's what that is. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, they are now hiring. David. Yeah, we discussed this earlier. iRacing is looking for a media content producer. Uh, they, maybe they can work on the... Uh, the Ignite. Ignite series, yeah. I had a brain fright there. Yeah, so if you're interested now, this is uh, based out of Bedford, Massachusetts, the Boston area. 
So you have to live there, and uh, obviously you have to have chops like Alex Horn to keep up with him and his awesome videos. What a good opportunity, you know. Let's keep moving. You know, uh, oh, sorry, it brings up an interesting thought. Uh, we were, I remember hearing a guy in a recent interview that says he just he doesn't eye race as much anymore because it's his job now. So I don't know. If, I don't know if I'd want it to be my job or not. Right. All right, uh, Jesse, Junior Motorsports. Yeah, Junior Motorsports posted up uh, two days ago uh, using iRacing again uh, to post their Chevy throwback Ricky Rudd 1979 design armor Chevy for Darlington. Throwbacks weekend is coming next week, and uh, Justin Allgaier's car is looking pretty good uh, and looks even better in iRacing. It looked really good. Um, what a, uh, you know, a neat way to debut a paint job that actually isn't painted yet oh yeah i love that paint and very cool idea it was regan smith they did it with before um so loving it yeah and uh, i think before they had the i racing splash logo you know in the corner on this one they actually don't have it so yeah it's covered up by that uh deal at the bottom okay mason we got new sponsors for a uh, peak driver Yes, uh, there's a new team called Virtual Prodigy Racing. Uh, it is now, uh, Logan Crest is now their driver with uh, Michael Morley, who is on the team as well. Um, they have the number 31 Chevy Camaro in the Peak Series, sponsored now by Kirkwood Transportation. Um, they're also partnering with Patriot Media Marketing Service, so looking to get Logan Cress out there in the social media world and uh, hopefully get him, get him up in the top 20 in points so he can stick around in the Peak Series. Yeah, go get that top 20. That is uh, a feat, especially for those drivers that are in the back half. Oh, yeah. He's, he's currently 34th, so I don't know if he'll make it there or not, but... Okay, uh, next up, uh, iRacing put out an article basically talking about iRacing with Porsche and all the different things going on in the upcoming month. Uh, so August 30th through 31st is the Porsche Sim Racing Trophy at the ADAC Sim Racing Expo. And so 20 of the e Porsche Esports Super Cup drivers plus 20 world-class iRacers will compete for prizes. This is the one Max Beneke won last year, uh, and so that's pretty cool. Uh, September 14th, uh, Porsche Esports Super Cup at Laguna Seca uh, is a regular scheduled race, and then the 21st is the Frankfurt Germany Motor Show, and a select group of drivers from the Super Cup will be sent to Germany. Uh, Josh Rogers, Max, Mitchell DeJong, Sebastian Job, Patrick Holzman, and Martin Kronke. And then uh, a week later, uh, the 28th, uh, they, they run Monza, which is the finale for the series with 25000 cash in prizes uh, for whoever takes home the inaugural championship. Uh, that and then that winner will have an invitation to Porsche's annual night of champions in Stuttgart, where they'll be honored as an official Porsche champion. Yeah, it's kind of like a... a, a article about here's all that Porsche is doing with iRacing, you know, and show, showing off all that they're dumping into iRacing. So very cool. It is that they're taking these guys and uh, flying them to Europe, not once, but twice. And then the winner is probably, it looks like he's going to Europe three times. I don't know. Very well could be Josh Rogers all three times, right? 
Right, and he's the American, right? No, he's the Aussie guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, Aussie, yeah. Uh, still, if he wins them all, that could save him some money, actually, on travel expenses. All right, let's keep moving. David, uh, dynamic track updates. All right, so if you're a How It Works nerd, this article is for you. I gave it a good read. It's really neat. They're making an update to the to the track service model. The old track service model basically had one layer, and it was it was very good for before we had the dynamic sky where the sun can move and clouds could move and all. Um, but the problem now is that that one layer is changing a little bit too rapidly when you have dynamic time of day. And so what they're doing is they're going to be adding a second and a third layer underneath to kind of give it a different kind of buffering effect. So when a track, part of the track gets heated up, if it's heated up over a long period of time, those deeper layers will get warmer, and so it will take longer to cool off. And it's just they're just aiming for to get it even to get even more realism by adding multiple layers. So ogres have layers, and soon so does the uh, iRacers surface. Right. And I did hear from a friend of the podcast, John Hammer, about this topic. And of course, we know why, because John is a pavement concrete expert, and he uh, actually does this in his field of work as far as studying uh, the ground. And he had uh, quite a few different things to say. I didn't quite understand them, so maybe we'll have him on the show to explain. Regardless, it's cool. Um, I wrote down here this could help him get to adding rain because they'll be able to, uh, you know, accurately model how that affects the surface. But that's obviously about 3500 soon o'clock it, it seems to me the overall thing that they're changing is it the, there's not going to be as drastic temperature swings as we've seen before just won't be as rapid, particularly basically. yeah particularly it's going to take longer for a part of the track to cool off right all right uh we're going to be jumping to hardware software but first mason the iSchedule app giveaway yeah so um we had we talked about the iSchedule app uh, a few podcasts back, and it's uh, it's an app for Android, and there's a new version for iOS that's out um, where you can check up and see when your schedule is. Especially with all these schedule changes um, that iRacing is putting forward, you know you want to keep up to date on what's running when. Um, so this is a good good idea to download, and it, it is a paid app. I believe it's 2.99 on the App Store. Um, so we have some codes to give away. We have about 20 codes, I believe, um, for the for the iSchedule app that works for either Android or iOS. Um, and to be entered to win, here are the rules. First, you must follow iRacers Lounge on Facebook and Twitter. Second, I want you to like, share, and retweet our post about the giveaway. And uh, third, drop us a comment and share it with your friends. All right, so you got to get on the Twitter and like, share, and retweet. Yes, sir. We'd love to hear about your favorite episodes, too, so feel free to, to give us a shout-out. All right, so we got to get that tweet out so they can do that. Yep, we'll be out of show. <laughs> awesome. 20 or so codes, guys. Get those codes from us, uh, whoever's listening first. Uh, hit us up. David, uh, tell us the first one, uh, Heiskenveld Sequential sift Shifter. We have exactly, basically what you said. We have a Heiskenveld Sequential Sim Shifter. It's starting at about the 172 euros. Uh, it's a nice little looking sequential shifter that's designed to have that early peak force that you have and the resistance drops, just like in real cars. Um, I haven't had a chance to review it myself, but uh, 
we all tend to know that Huskinville puts out a real quality product. So if you are looking for a specifically sequential shifter, this might be your option. It's small. That's what I noticed. I, I thought it was small, but uh, in a good way. I mean, it, it's not like this huge behemoth. That other big one that we looked at was really big, but this one is tiny. Yeah, it says it can be often found in junior, junior formula racing cars, so it's kind of meant to mimic that. Yeah, I like the the look of it. Um, I'm not sure how to, how it mounts, but you know, it's it looks like it's definitely made of metal and solid as can be. Yeah, the the tightness of the tightness of it might be handy if you want to also have an H pattern in there. It won't take up as much room. Right, that's what I'm thinking. It's kind of compact and it'd be kind of easy to fit, you know, somewhere on your you know busy rig. Okay, let's keep moving. Mason, will this run iRacing? Yeah, so this is a tweet uh, I found on Mashable. Um, it was really cool. I just had to put it on here. <laughs> um, you know how the people are always posting up in the Facebook groups that say, will this run iRacing? It's some, you know, ancient computer and whatever. So this is a laptop with foldable triple monitors by the company Razer. So these triple monitors fold up <laughs> into this 17.3-inch, 12-pound laptop. These are 4K screens, so lots of lights, um, like what Razer keyboards are known for. Uh, just a cool little video <laughs> up here. Uh, I want to see somebody try it. I think I bet it would work. I mean, you have to probably turn their settings down. Yeah, it's currently just a concept, but it would be cool to see someone walk in with that and just plop it down and get set up. I want to watch it open up all on its own. Yeah, it's supposed to automatically fold in and out. Oh, you don't have to, like, manually fold it out? That's wow. what it says. Okay, laptops are a bad idea on iRacing in general, guys, so I don't know. Okay, let's keep moving. Uh, an update. From uh, Bino, uh, he's working on his ultimate DIY pedals, and he posted up an update uh, with some pictures of some of the components. And man, the the one that got me, guys, is this this photo of the brake where he's got not one but two kind of uh, arms, or I guess you would say cylinders, attached to it. What? Why do you have two? I don't get it. Probably increases the adjustability. Is it maybe uh, one for resistance and then one that like pushes the pedal back out, you know? Yeah, what, do we, what do we call that on the setups? Rebound and, and right. what is the other one? Bounce or? Bump. Bump, yeah. So you right. have maybe, one for each. Maybe one for each, right. Yeah, but a uh, very interesting design. I don't think I've seen a brake that has, has that kind of like that. But if you guys are interested in DIY stuff, uh, look that up on the, on the uh, forums. Okay, keep moving. David, we got MB Studio Magnetic Shifter Set for Fanatec Wheel. All right, on here we have a favorable YouTube video review of uh, three different versions of magnetic shifters that you can add to Fanatec Wheels. Uh, a lot of people like the, the magnetic shifters because it gives you a little bit more of a tactile feel. Makes, you can really feel when you're hitting the shifts, instead, and I, I believe it improves your chances of uh, not missing your shifts. Now, I bought the... Uh, I ended up buying the advanced sim uh, or the advanced pedals for my formula wheel and I particularly wanted it because I want the clutches and the extra I like the extra triggers at the top as well but what's really attractive about this option is the price is that they basically start at about 20 euros plus shipping Wow that is cheap 
I guess yeah. I don't understand why why I need this. I mean, I got this brand new universal hub, and I think the paddle shifters are great. So how how does this make it better? The you magnets have, go, ahead. go ahead. The magnets increase. They they make it a little bit harder to to actually pull them. It it adds resistance more than you would get from just a spring loaded resistance, right? Makes it more snappy. Is kind of the idea I got maybe. Mm -hmm. And they actually become more noisy, which people enjoy. Yeah, so I had on the uh, uh, P1 rim that I had from Fanatec, I just had the regular shifters, and they felt kind of cheap and plasticky. But this rim that I have now has the universal hub and the upgraded uh, to the magnetic shifters, and it's just so much more of a satisfying click, and like it's easier to tell when it's actually going to shift. Like with the other one, you couldn't like you couldn't tell exactly what point it was going to shift at. Like on my um, what what kind of uh, McLaren GT3 rim, it has that big orange shifter paddle thing that's kind of like a, a seesaw in the back, and I can't really tell what point it's going to shift at. Yeah, on the on the unupgraded Fanatec pedals, I really didn't feel like I had that problem because they were they were they had a very good strong spring, and I mean you had to pull them all the way back to get shifted. You could actually feel it hit the back of the wheel, so. I didn't, I didn't feel that, but I didn't have the magnetic connector to compare it to, so I may be speaking from ignorance there. Yeah, it's worth 20 bucks for sure. Okay. So how do you find it? Facebook.com, search MB Studio. All right, let's keep moving. Jesse, the SXT V2 wheel stand from Extreme Sim Racing. Yes, this is a quite good-looking design, too. I have something similar that I started out with. To this but i didn't have the ability this has got a nice originally if you just buy the 230 dollar black sv s xtv2 chassis it is a four point post with a base plate for your pedals and a mount for your uh, wheelbase up top uh, but they also include the opportunity you can go as much as 790 dollars and you can add the monitor uh, mount the seat, the keyboard mount, and the gear shifter, and it is uh, it's it's a lot better than most of. There's there's probably three or four that I've seen of this design, but I haven't seen them with the ability to have all the accessories added in. So that's a nice change that they've done, and it looks like a really good design. A lot more adjustability than mine has. Um, I if you're if you're in an entry level position, this is a really good route to go. Yeah, two hundred twenty nine dollars for the base right. model. And it folds up, and like it folds up pretty darn small. Like you could almost roll this under a table or a couch or something. Easily, kind of crazy. Easily, very good for uh, space saving. It's it's a great design. Okay, so if you want low profile, uh, the website is extremesimracing.com. Okay, so this one got me fired up, guys. I when I saw this video, I was like, dude, this is next level well that's the name of the company it's called next level racing um they have a youtube they put out on their youtube channel uh about a new uh, uh product called their next level racing traction plus motion platform and the pricing and pre-orders are going to be released actually tomorrow uh i, I saw a comment that said it was six thousand dollars but i don't know if that's correct now when you look at this thing it's be hard to describe how this works but it's basically a pretty flat piece that you could put a cockpit on top of 
and then it's got sliders on the front and back and it's got the uh, a slider thing where it moves the back from left to right like a traditional traction loss but it's also got it on the front which I don't think I've seen the same thing on the back and the front and so when they work in conjunction it creates all these movements and motions that you don't traditionally get in a traditional motion cockpit so like for example when the front and the back both slide to the right the entire cockpit is moving to the right not just the back side of it and so it it really is uh, amazing to watch it in action what do you think yeah this is awesome i mean it's like i was trying to think of a way to describe it other than what you're doing um it's like the seat mover that they make but also for the front of the chassis yeah we've talked about this company before they have a small seat mover that they've they've sold in the past but this takes it totally to another level yeah yeah it's got like a wheel in there that you can see moving the the whole back end left and right uh, but yeah that would be cool to, to experience i don't know if i have six grand to do that with but yeah and if you look at the video of him actually driving it and it moving around and uh wow it is something else they have software that you know to manage it and you can you know dial it in so to speak and uh, the, they show the software it looks pretty good very no. excited to see what the price is on this I'm just interested to see what it goes for because uh, it, it is a I also heard you could put like a regular cockpit on it like a sim labs Mike all I ask is that you get something like this by the time next year fall Phoenix race comes around because I'd really like to try it out at your place yeah there you go yeah, it is a, a neat design. I really like it. And um, when they, they have this one shot where they show the guy from overhead and how it's moving underneath him, and it really does have a lot of movement in it. It's nice that it has the ability with the support for direct drive, too. That was a big plus on their move. Yeah. So they have a cockpit that you can put on top of it with their little motion seat mover that they've had in the past. And when you put everything together... Uh, boy, quite a package. Okay, so let's take it up another level. <laughs> you think that's big time. Uh, Ma uh, Mason, tell us about all-in sports sims. Yeah, so we found out about this one uh, because of Juan Pablo Montoya's Twitter. Um, he put up a video um, that the world's fastest gamer tweeted out, so he retweeted it. Um, they're actually giving this rig away. It's $30,000. <laughs> I just saw that. Um, the world's fastest gamer competition. We have a couple of our iRacers going. I believe Mitchell DeJong and uh, uh, Max Benneke, um are going to that. But anyway, this rig, all-in uh, rig, is just, wow. It's it's hard to explain. It looks kind of like an Obutto as far as the tubing goes. Uh, but the, the platform that's on is very flat. Now, I don't know how that compares to yours, Mike. Uh, do you have any any thoughts on that? This thing is is crazy. I, you know, when you look at it, you're just like, what? And then you go to their website, and you see what they have on the front page of the website. You're just like, oh my god, what the heck is this? So they have, if you scroll down, they have a a page or a picture of their Miami gallery, as they call it, and they have this literally a cockpit of a car maybe like a corvette or something uh 
and it literally looks like the cockpit of a car, and it's on these four little motion arm things that move it around, and then they got a, uh, a, a round projection screen with three projectors. Um, it's just amazing. Oh, no, I was looking at the e-racer one. I wasn't looking at the, the top-of-the-line professional one. Um, oh, the, the little one. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, that's a Ferrari, actually, because they're, uh, they're part of the alliance with Ferrari. Yeah. But, yeah, this thing is, is just a beast. Even the e-racer one um, is, a, is a beast as well. You know, it can put whatever direct drive wheel you want on there. Um, you're nice and kind of it's kind of GT style seating, but but yeah, their Miami gallery is is worth a look. They got a uh, a Formula body back there as well, sitting behind that Ferrari. They got all kinds of stuff. There's one picture here that shows the guy in a go kart chassis kind of thing. Now, if I'm correct, they're an Italian company, right? Yeah, Did I think so. That? Yeah, so check them out on Instagram. Check out their website. AIS underscore simulators is their Instagram if you want to check that out. I'm a huge, huge Montoya fan, and when he says something, I believe it. Here's what he said. He said, this could be the best home sim you could have. We use it a lot, and it doesn't come any better than this. So that is called the All In Sports, and their website is allinsports.it. Okay, uh, David, uh, how about another Italian company, but this time 8020? Yeah, we're looking at an 8020 profile uh, rig from an Italian company. Having a look at the main rig that we have linked here, it starts, it runs between 400 euros and almost 600. Um, and it's thinner profile, meaning basically it's, it's not nearly as tall. I don't think that means that the actual aluminum is a thinner, a thinner aluminum, it's, but it's, it's still a sturdy build build they're just i guess cutting cutting a little bit of the cost and weight by running just the two wide or two groove aluminum or three groove aluminum rather than the four like the sim racing lab app connections are and it's also got really nice podium mounts and all, all the mounts for all the different types of direct drive wheels and i'm sure you can go uh fit the other uh top mount drives as well i also took a look at the gallery and some of their other rigs and there's a lot of neat little options on here so this is another SimLab clone, is what it looks like. Somewhat, but you you can look at it and see that it's it, the they're one of the dimensions of the rig of of each profile is quite a bit smaller. If I look at the side, if I look at my base clone or base sim on the sim rig rib rig that everything sits on, there's there's actually four grooves that, that I can connect things to. Whereas when you look at this rig. There's only two grooves, so it's, oh, literally, it's literally half as wide of a base. A little more low profile, but uh, another option for an 8020 rig. I know Joe was about to, Joe Allen, our teammate, was looking at buying one, and I turned him on to what we talked about last week, the Trek Racer, uh, which is based out of the U.S., and they have 8020 rigs. So, so. Yeah, did you look at this podium mounting bracket, Mike? No. The direct drive? They got the Podium Pro down there. I like that one a little bit better than SimLabs, like the look of it. But Is that a front design. mount? Oh, I see. Side mount, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even really, with especially once you slap on DSD button boxes, I can't even really see the mount at that anymore. Plus, I have the R, so <laughs> at that point, it doesn't matter. Yeah, as long as it's rock solid, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, next. I thought you were about looks, Mike. 
Well, I am. You saw I added some new lighting effects down by my pedals last <laughs> night. So, yeah, I like to put colored lights on everything and that keep looks it real dark. I'm just going to decorate my rig with Christmas lights for my stream. How do you like that? Yeah, get creative. Uh, I mean, the thing I used for my pedals is actually a thing for Christmas lights that you uh, it's a projection thing you put outside your house and it projects little dots onto the onto the side of the house. That's what I'm using. <laughs> I am actually considering getting some kind of green screen type thing that I can put up behind the rig. Okay. Let's keep moving. Uh, main performance PC. Uh, another post saying we haven't seen much from Michael Main recently and the website is down. And the Facebook is down. Um, and, uh, of course, people had known that Michael has been sick, so uh, there were several posts uh, worried about him. Uh, there was a guy who wanted to buy a computer from him and didn't know how to contact him. Uh, and then there was an update just recently uh, from one member who said that Mike was in a car accident very recently, but is doing okay. So their website doesn't work. Their Facebook doesn't work. Um, I hit him up on Twitter this week uh, and didn't get a response. And so I don't know what's going on with that company. So hope it works out. He's been uh, around the, the community for a long time, and I bought all kinds of stuff from him. So uh, I hope he's okay. All right, uh, let's keep moving. Uh, we're going to jump to uh, NASCAR iRacing Series Results, Michigan. After the podcast the recording last week, I ran fixed and got P3. I ended up slipping and losing all my spots, but all the late cautions, I was able to get up back to third. It was a great run. Uh, yeah, I sucked and, and lost everything, but man, uh, the green-white checkers and just the cautions near the end really, really play into my how I race, and I always seem to gain, gain spots in those short runs, so... Uh, Man, I I didn't I wasn't close enough to win it, but man, P3 at Michigan, I'll take it. It was a good week. Uh, Friday Open, Mason, you got P23. Yeah, I mean, it was hard to not get wrecked in every race there. And that's uh, about what happened. I said this package might be good in real life, but with our current damage model and netcode lag, it does not always work. All right, uh, David, you were wrecked out too. Yeah, I seem to just have a nose for finding, having people about five cars in front of me that always wreck and make it, and just have nowhere to go, and that's that's what happened again. And then um, the damage wasn't too bad, and I was actually running back up towards the front and pushed it a little too hard, put it in the wall, and took a guy out next to me. Uh, so I felt bad for him, and uh, you know that's I guess that just happens sometimes when you're getting a little frustrated with the circumstances. Yeah, and then Jesse, I think you had a crappy run as well. Yeah, I was just getting ready to note, but I don't want to write P-Rect each time. Yeah, I think I got an 18th or a 16th somewhere in there, but David nailed it on the head. Uh, I did everything I could to leave plenty on the table to get to the checkered flag and just get a solid finish. But I guess uh, there is no luck to be found in Michigan for me, but uh, we're on to Bristol now. I think I had all the luck. Uh... And Tony, Tony Rochette got a P12, but he was running good. He actually got pinched in the middle of a three-wide on the green-white checker uh, while restarting fifth, and so he fell to 12th, but he had a good run going. I ended up uh, Friday open with another P3. Stayed out with five to go uh, on 15-lap old tires. Uh, 
the, there was a green white checker I was leading, but lost it and I fell to third. Uh, but it was a it was a good move to stay out all week uh, on those late cautions for me. Uh, instead of pitting for tires, it just worked. I don't know why. All right, let's move to Sunday Open. David, you got a P21. Yeah, same situation. I was running, I think, like sixth, really, really just trying, you know, not being too aggressive, but just hanging in there right on the bumper of the guy in front of me because that's how the package works. And uh, third place gets bumped by fourth place, gets a little loose. Fifth place, right in front of me, has no choice but to slam on the brakes. And there's, you know, human reaction time. There's, I had, had no chance to react. And it took both me and the guy in front of me out pretty hard. Uh, came in 21st, but, you know, at that point, I was just no factor. I was way down on horsepower. And, you know, what do you do? If the car in front of you, I mean, he had no choice but to slam on the brakes. But, you know, you're tailgating. You, you wouldn't do it in real life in a, if it wasn't a race because you don't have the reaction time. But you, that's what you do in racing. Yep. And then Mason, you finally got a good finish, P7. Yeah, I should not have gotten a P7. <laughs> I ran in the 20s all race. Um, I made it to the top split since I farmed IR at Watkins Glen. And uh, yeah, I just wasn't fast enough to run with those guys. But I played the strategy right and was third on the last green-white checker, um, but got way too tight on the bottom underneath the people, so I fell back from third to seventh. Um, like I said, tons of championship points though. Um, I was, I made, I think I got 40 more championship points than the winner had got in the next split down. Is it a little disheartening to get in the top split and realize, man, I'll never beat these guys? Oh, I don't know about never. All that's right, basically that's a good how attitude. I feel running the second or third split every time. I've been up there a couple times, and yeah, it can be kind of daunting, but. It's neat when you get a good run like that, though, to go with it. The level is just a little bit higher up there. There, you don't you the strategy. They know the strategy. They all have the same experience you have. That's why you're up there with them. So yeah, there's you can't you can't really beat those guys uh, <laughs> with your little tricks. I don't know if I have the same experience as some of them, but <laughs> well, you're making a run for pro. I heard so that's different. No, no. Okay, so Sunday fixed. I got P16. I got wrecked on this one by a guy who doored me around lap 20, was pretty much dead slow the rest of the race, and was happy to get 16th after all that. Did you go back and watch that and he hit you? No. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, you were uh, spotting for me on that, and uh, you were saying I came up a little into him or maybe something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was one of those deals. I Maybe I did, but he also was right on me. Yeah, I felt bad about that one, but uh, Bristol, let's change gears. Uh, Wednesday fixed. I don't think anybody ran, and so Wednesday open. Uh, David, you ran and got wrecked out. This was the most unlikely race I think I've ever participated in. Uh, to start off with, I had the weirdest internet issue that I've, I've never seen before. You know, you have the quality bar, and sometimes it'll shoot red when you start having some packet loss or something, and it'll move in from the left side. Well, this time, I didn't notice it, but it was creeping in from the right side. And when this happens, uh, the cars around you don't disappear, so you don't know you've blinked out. And later, everybody told me I had blinked out for two laps. I had a car just completely come up and door me, and I had no idea what was going on. And then all of a sudden, something flickers, and I'm two laps down. We're still running green. I'm running in the, in the front ten. Um, so I get put two laps down right off the bat, uh, picked up that damage probably because the guy couldn't see me, tried to get some of that fixed, uh, got caught up another, another wreck, 
right in front of me. Got put three laps down. Um, just trying to nurse it around because the damage wasn't too bad. I still had full house horsepower. And then again, I'm just running in the back, just cruising. One another wreck happens in front of me. The car is sideways. The guy behind me plows into me. He probably didn't have a chance to react and pushes me into a meatball. And um, it was only 30 seconds required and four minutes of optional, but I had no interest in running around four laps down with a, with a badly wounded car. So I went ahead and parked it. All right. And then, Jesse, you got a P11. Yeah. It uh, it was a long race. I went uh, 348 laps, zero X, and it was about 300 laps in when I was like, "Man, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have a clean car at the end of this." And it wasn't long later, and a car come off the wall, and I had to try to dodge him, and he caught me in the right rear just slightly for a four X. Uh, didn't hurt the car bad. Um, the best part overall of all of it was just the fact that I was able to run with Bill in a race, uh, Bill Hole, uh, teammate, and uh, I haven't ran with him all year, uh, to the best of my knowledge. And we ran, like I say, we were in the top 10, top 15 at the beginning of it, playing it real, real safe. And uh, me and him were, you know, give and taken with each other. And we we're, we we're strategizing on adjustments. It was, it was a really good time. I mean, we had plenty of time to strategize and plenty of pit stops to make adjustments. Uh, like I said earlier, 28 cautions for 140 laps. Uh, then, uh, you know, unfortunately, I got to blame nobody but the guy behind the wheel with 15 to go. I uh, <clears throat> knew I had a rocket ship. I was running sixth or fifth at the time and uh, went after fourth and third and got around fourth pretty easy on the bottom and uh, went to do the slider on uh, second. And I knew he wasn't going to go down without a fight. And I was staring at the mirror because I didn't want to put myself in the wall and look up. And I put myself in the wall anyways because I wasn't looking out the windshield. And uh, he caught me in the left rear and spun me out. Luckily, we only had 11 cars on the lead lap. Uh, we uh, went back green again and they... Uh, wrecked up in front bill got caught up in a wreck uh with a another guy on a wheel spin scenario and went back for a second green white checkered i was at that point i was eighth and uh didn't learn my lesson went in there put it three wide on the bottom with the uh, same car that uh, got into it on the first incident and uh he finished my day but like i say i was able to limp home 11th because i was the last car in the lead lap so it was good i'm done i don't want to do that again i'll probably do some spotting for you guys but uh, all in all, I love Bristol. I just, uh, it's a long race, man. Yeah, I'll probably be one and done because of that long race. I'm not a fan of this race being 500 miles or 500 laps. Uh, it should be Darlington, not Bristol. Uh, why do they pick this? I don't know. It's rough. I'm, I'm taking it from the look of the stats you didn't run today, Mike. No, I didn't. I mean, uh, okay. yeah, well, he'd probably I'm, still be running. Yeah, see, the thing, I would <laughs> no have kidding. missed the, the recording of the podcast because I'd still be in the race, you know. But, so, you, uh, you know, every week we talk about our own little internal standings we've got going. Have you ever wondered how we get that going, Mike? Yeah, I couldn't figure it out how you come up <laughs> with those points, so let us well, know. There's a really neat little app, uh, website that you can go to called iPitting, and they're, they're actually currently sponsoring our intramural standings. iPitting makes it easier for you to keep track of your iRacing team's progress throughout the season with up-to-the-minute race results, point standings, and driver rankings for everyone in your team. Uh, go to iPitting.com. It's really handy because I can easily see what everybody's best finish was, and that's how, we, that's how we've been calculating our internal little contest because we we run in different splits and different divisions uh it's a really handy little app and here's where we stand in the nis open standings uh mike continues to have a nice comfortable lead after farming watkins Glen. he has 13 point lead over tony and then i'm hanging in 
on and staying in contention in third place, 17 points behind. Everybody else is well over 60 points behind, so they're going to have to have a lot of bad luck between all three of us to really get back into contention. And then in the open or in the fixed standings, we it's also a three-man race. McCoy has a little bit more of a comfortable lead with, with Bill Hall and Mike Ellis being 24 and 25 points behind, respectively. Okay. Yeah, let's see if I can catch up here to Brent and all his wins in the lower split. All right, Mason, uh, tell us about uh, your uh, league race. You got a win. Yes, sir. I believe this was the last race before we went to our playoffs. Um, we were at California, and it was at night, so it looked real nice under the lights. Um, we had one caution on the first lap, and then we green flagged the other 80-some laps. Um, but, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough race. I mean, I had a fast car. It was way too tight at the beginning. I finally got loosened up enough where I could turn the thing. Um, unless I was behind another car, then the arrow push was just killer. Um, but yeah, it was a fun race. I was racing against Josh Colley at the end there. He messed up on his pit stop and I was there to capitalize. So, uh, tough racing. There's a link to our Tafosi Facebook with a picture of me sitting in victory lane and, uh, the YouTube link for the broadcast. So fun race, Rundle playoffs, Daytona 07. All right. Well done. All right. Let's jump into final thoughts. David Hall. Um, don't really have anything major. I'm just going to put out my weekly call for update the the Daytona prototype, please. <laughs> soon, soon. All right, Jesse Gray, final thought. Yeah, I just want to thank Jeff Schmidt for coming on the show. Uh, and more so, thanks for everything he does with Impossible. I, uh, right before joining this team, I, uh, actually had the pleasure of getting, a. Uh, tied up with Nate he was calling out for a spotter uh for that league and uh at the time I just said yeah let's do it I uh he messaged me on the messenger and uh I was at work at the time and uh, it was mid-morning when we had made that connection and nothing got said and then uh get done and he uh hops on and I get get in a room with him and I realized immediately that he was special needs and I didn't didn't have any clue going into it so I immediately uh had no idea what to expect no idea what uh, I could have done to uh, help him, but I just knew, you know, it was a, it was definitely a unique situation and uh, Jeff nailed it on the head. It is from spotting alone, just watching. I, I was nervous for him um, as a driver, but I was more so nervous for everybody else as a driver. And I got to say, I think honestly, it's less stressful to watch a bunch of guys with disabilities and, and alternate ways to race over uh, you and I, and the racing is clean. They Nate, Nate does a great job. He'll race door to door with a guy and they give each other plenty of room lap after lap. It takes him four or five laps to pass a car. No contact, no, no incidents, no collisions. I mean, it's, it, I, I miss it. I truly do. Um, it's a, it's a good time. I just, I just really do appreciate everything Jeff does for those guys. Cause I know they appreciate it a ton. Yeah. Yeah. We had some uh, Twitters from uh, some of the lead guys over there that were really excited about Jeff coming on the show to talk about, what they're doing over there. So um, lots of excitement. Mason Stiver, final thought. Yeah, looking to get back in victory lane. Um, it's been nice being on, being back on the podcast, though. It's been a couple weeks since I've been on, um, and I've made some purchases in that time. Surprise. A lighter in the, in the pocketbook there. Um, I got three curved 
32 inch MSI monitors. Um, they're, they're only 1080p, but uh, they're the 165 hertz, so I gained in that area, and they look gorgeous. Now I just have to figure out how to mount them appropriately um, because I had to kind of rig it up on my SimLab P1. So if anybody has triple 32 inch curved monitors on their SimLab integrated monitor mount, I would greatly appreciate any help with getting that done. Um, I need to change the angle like Mike was saying because they're a little wide. But um, also I got uh, four uh, essentially butt kickers but a different brand. So if anybody's using SimHub software, software, I will take help with that as well. Holy cow, yeah. So do you think they're too big? They're big. I will say that. Um, <laughs> looking, like looking to my left right now, I can barely see the edge of the left monitor out of my peripherals. I have to actually turn my head, and the uh, it's pretty far to that edge of the monitor. Yeah, I always thought 27 was a sweet spot, but 32 is the next one up. And uh, man, you got to have a good yeah a good mount. So hopefully somebody will come through and give you some ideas. Yeah, it's just the getting the to get the angle that I want. I don't know that the piece of aluminum is long enough. That's what I've been struggling with. All right, let's get that sorted. Uh, Jeff Schmidt, are you on there still? I am. Hey, Mike. Uh, all right, good. Uh, we were just uh, wrapping up. What are your final thoughts? Thanks for coming on. Oh, just uh, I, I really appreciate you guys having me. And, uh, yeah, it was a great time. You guys uh, put on a heck of a show. I love listening to your podcast. So definitely very cool to be on the other side of it, um, from, from being a fan to being a guest here. Just uh, yeah, just want to give a few thanks out without taking too much of your time. Uh, absolutely, the drivers in the Impossible League and their families for helping them out with what they do. Uh, Three Wide TV for broadcasting us. Everyone that's helped us along our, our path since starting. Our first race was uh, August 8th of last year, so we passed the one-year mark, which is still a new league. We're still uh, getting bigger and just looking forward to everything. The, everyone that's donated equipment and, and stuff for us to give away for our charity race, we got... Uh, MPI, Max Pappas Designs, Magical Butter, uh, SimAbility, Sim Graphics, a bunch of cool stuff, man. MS Forward, thank you for sponsoring our first season. 3D Wrap, thank you for donating uh, hand controls. Got to thank Skylar Allen. Got to thank uh, the Wise Guys, Wayne and Will for spotting in the league, helping drivers out. Like Jesse, I know I remember Jesse from uh, coming in and helping Nate spot. He was he came a few races, and thank you Jesse for uh, doing that for Nate at that time too. Uh, we miss you, buddy. Um, yeah, thank you, Adaptive Sports Foundation. That's another cool one. ASF, thank you for their donation recently. That's a really cool thing to look up. Uh, they they do a bunch with uh, like extreme wheelchairing. Like uh, these guys are doing jumps and all kinds of stuff in wheelchairs. Pretty cool thing. Check that out. ASF Adaptive Sports Foundation. And uh, yeah, man, just looking forward to what we can do to help the drivers out in the league. It's been a great thing. I'm blessed to be able to do it. Thank God that uh that we have these opportunities to give to the drivers and have a lot of fun with it. All right. Well, thanks for coming on and letting us know about it and our listeners. And uh, we love to have listeners on. So the only uh, requirement we have to be a special guest is you have to iRace. And so uh, we're welcome to have you. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, my wheel. Man, I'm loving it, loving it, loving it. And I got me some gloves. They're fingerless. Uh, they're kind of weight training gloves. And I decided to go that route. I also finally uh, broke down and bought a uh, emergency stop power button uh, from a guy on the internet on Facebook named Baj Dada. 
Uh, he's from Europe somewhere, and he de he designed a beautiful switch with some very robust parts. Uh, Jesse, you took a quick look at those. What did you think? Yeah, we must have lost Jesse, but it it's much better quality than what we've seen on the the switch that Fanatec uh, provides. So I ended up paying him uh, for one last night and hope to get it soon. It was about eighty six dollars. Um, the other thing is. How much force feedback do I run? I ran Bristol uh, some practice earlier today to get ready. And uh, just after a few laps, I'm really cranking on that wheel. And um, I'm running it how I always do with the auto force feedback setting. But uh, man, 500 laps at Bristol, I'm thinking I might need to turn it down. Or my arms are going to fall off by the end of this race. And so I don't know what I'm going to do, but i got to figure that out in the next 30 minutes before the race starts. Well, if you wreck out before the end, you won't have to worry about it. Yeah, so that could be an option, too. <laughs> but with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.